Hey, listen, I am genuinely excited about this series that we are starting, and we're just calling it Great Joy, uh, because Christmas, the birth of Jesus, the gospel, is an invitation to step into joy. And I really believe that we miss that far too often. As believers, it's so easy to become distracted and then it's easy to become just kind of indifferent and cold toward salvation, toward Jesus, toward the things of God, and we miss the joy of our salvation. And that's sad, right? I mean, because, hey, Christmas is a season of joy. It's a, it's a season of celebrating. It's a season of, of, of exchanging gifts. It's a season of eating way too much and family gatherings. But not just that, right? When you think of Christmas, you think of worship services, right? And so that's why we've got a Christmas concert tonight. And, and, and man, I want you to come and I want you to celebrate and be a part of this worship service. I really want you to come because I'm gonna be doing the very first solo in, in the concert. And so, okay, that's, that's not true at all. But, but seriously, I want you to come and, and see that, that I'm not gonna do a solo. So there's the reason to come, right? But it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to worship, right? And it's a time to serve. I mean, think about it. Is there joy? Is there really more joy in giving than in receiving? And Christmas is a time that just kind of draws us into serving. Maybe other seasons that we don't. That's why we have three trees. And so sign up and serve at three trees. I'm telling you, as you serve, as you see people being blessed, as you see people hearing the gospel, your soul is going to come alive. And that's why we have Wonderland, because we invite the community to come and celebrate Christmas with us and experience the joy of salvation in Jesus. So come and participate in Wonderland, but come and serve at Wonderland. This is a season when we sing joy to the world, right? It's not a season that we sing bah humbug to the world. And it's good that we sing about the joy of salvation because when the angel came and announced to the shepherds the birth of Jesus. You know how the angel did it? The, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. So let me ask you a question this morning. Are you experiencing great joy this morning? And if you're not, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, if you're not, hey, wait a minute. Something is kind of malfunctioning between your relationship with Jesus and you. And so listen, that doesn't mean that, that it has to stay that way. That means that this morning, you and I, if we lean in, if we're really intentional, if we really give ear to the angel's announcement, I believe by the time that we leave here this morning, we can be leaning into the joy that Jesus invites us into. So, so we, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to just stand and honor God and honor his word. And let me read this text over us. You just follow along, but, but let me read it. And, 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 and don't just read words with me. Hear this as the invitation of almighty God 
to experience a great joy that is found in Jesus. Listen to this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great, not joy, fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, not just for a few select folks here this morning, but for every single person who is here in this place. It will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This joy is found in one spot. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And all God's people said, amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. And uh, let me just kind of unpack uh, just this first part of the series this morning, because what we're going to be looking at is encountering the joy of our salvation. Christmas is an invitation to once again find joy in what Jesus Christ has done for you in saving you and me. And this morning, if you're sitting here and, and you're just kind of jaded, you're kind of indifferent to your salvation, you're here more out of duty than out of a desire and a devotion to Jesus, you're here more out of duty than a gratitude for what Jesus has done for you, then let me just encourage you to lean in right now and just say, joy, uh, Lord Jesus, will you restore to me the joy of my salvation? Would you you just pray that prayer right now. Lord, this morning, would you restore to me the joy of my salvation? Uh, what is this great joy? Well, well first of all, uh, this joy is the kind of joy that puts fear to flight. Uh, where do I get that? Look at this. It says this in there. Uh, the shepherds uh, were filled with great fear. Christmas joy, I'm telling you, it, it puts your fear to flight. It overshadows your fear. Uh, Christmas joy, if you get a hold of this joy and you let this joy get a hold of you, it is the kind of joy that will actually put your fears on the run. The shepherds were out tending their sheep. The angel appeared, and that would be startling. That would be fright-inducing, right? I mean, an angel is appearing. What is this? Is this an alien from outer space? Is this a ghost? What is this? And so that would get your heart rate up, right? And then the glory of the Lord shines around them. And the only thing I can imagine is that it was a brilliant blinding light, like Paul on the road to Damascus. The, bright, the light was so bright, it literally blinded him. And so they're seeing this blinding light all around them representing the glory of God. And I can imagine them thinking, what is going on here? Has the sun exploded? A meteorite exploded over our head? And so that would be frightening in and of itself. But it's not the kind of fear that you and I can relate to this morning. And to say that Christmas 
and the good news of Jesus' salvation puts your fear to flight. You're gonna go, oh, 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 oh if it's fear uh, that comes from angels appearing to me and being surrounded by blinding lights. <sighs> that sounds really compelling, Gary. But I'm telling you, that's not the only fear that these shepherds were facing that Christmas Eve. You see, these shepherds knew what it was to just fear how they were going to make ends meet. Can you relate to that? Uh, they were the lowest on the rungs of society's ladder. Any of y'all ever seen that show with Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs? I'm telling you, uh, Tending sheep was the first century's version of dirty jobs. Uh, they were very low income. We would say blue collar at best. And these guys knew what it was to go without. They knew what it was to struggle to make ends meet, to put a roof over their head, to put food in their kids' bellies, and to keep clothes on their family's back. They knew what it was to struggle financially. And their fear that morning, yeah, it had to do with angels and the glory of God appearing, but it also had to do with how they were going to make it through to the next month. But that's not the only fear. You see, they also were deeply concerned about the direction of their country. They were occupied by Rome. You and I, I don't think, have a full appreciation for that. Rome was not a friendly occupier. I mean, they were basically slaves in their own country. Uh, Rome overtaxed them. Rome mocked their God. And I'm telling you, these shepherds, as they were tending their sheep, they were deeply stressed over the direction of their, company, their country. Every opinion poll, uh, it would be overwhelmingly, hey, our country is headed in the wrong direction and we are deeply concerned. But there's another fear that they faced. Not just, how are we gonna make ends meet? Man, our country is headed in the wrong direction. They were also deeply, deeply concerned about the silence of God in their life. Think about it, 400 years before the Old Testament ends, 400 years, the last prophet, Malachi, prophesies, and in the next 400 years, there's no prophet, there's no prophecy, there's no word from God, and as far as they and the rest of the people in Israel were concerned, the people of God, is that God had abandoned them, God had turned his back on them. Maybe God has chosen another people to be his people. Maybe God is showing his favor to someone else, but he's not showing his favor to us, and they feared the silence of God. So let me ask you a question. Even if you can't relate to being terrified this morning of an angel appearing to you and the glory of God shining around you, can any of you relate to any of the other shepherd's fears? Any of you concerned about how you're gonna make ends meet this Christmas? Any of you concerned about the direction of our country? You think of inflation, clashing values in our culture, division, hatred, poverty, homelessness. Any of you experiencing silence from God? Maybe you wouldn't even admit this to yourself, but maybe, just maybe, it's been months since you opened up the word of God and the spirit of God began to speak to you and convict you and guide you or comfort you or give you wisdom. Maybe, even though you wouldn't admit this to yourself, 
yourself. It's been months since you actually sat down with God and just got still before God and, and you knew in the stillness that God is God and that God is holding you in, in his arms. Maybe it's been months since you really experienced the love of God in your life because there seems to be this chasm. Is there anyone who can relate to those kind of fears, worries, and anxieties? If so, then listen again to the angel's announcement because the angel is announcing it to you and me as well as the shepherds. I bring you good news of a joy that is so great, it is so magnanimous, it is so huge that it will actually put your fear to flight if you really step into the joy that God invites you into. But understand this, the kind of joy, the kind of Christmas joy uh, that, that puts fears to flight is found only in Jesus. Did you notice how the angel said, I bring you good news, good news of a great joy, good news. Why do I keep saying the words good news? Because that's the word for gospel, gospel, euangelion, you, angelion, angel, messenger, good message, good news. And what he's saying is, I am bringing you a gospel of joy. I'm bringing you a gospel that, that imparts joy, a gospel that invites you into a great joy. But that joy is found only in the gospel of Jesus. See, gospel and joy go hand in hand. Gospel and joy are inseparable, just like peanut butter and jelly, amen? Batman and Robin. Superman and Lois Lane. I'm gonna stop before I get to the Lone Ranger because my wife would tell me, no, 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 the kids, they won't know uh, the Lone Ranger. By the way, are you as excited as I am about the way God is working in our students, 190 plus students here Wednesday night? Can we just celebrate that, church? God is moving. Now listen to me. This good news of the gospel ushers in joy. Gospel and joy go hand in hand. But why is that? Think with me for a second, because I really believe the angel tells us. Why are gospel and joy so inseparably linked? First, because the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, brings us face to face with the reality that God keeps his promises to us. That God keeps every word he has spoken to us. He is faithful to keep his word. Why do gospel and joy remain inseparably linked? Because when we understand the gospel, we understand that God, is faithful to keep his word. Listen again to the text. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Why does it say in the city of David? Why didn't the angel just say, hey guys, good news, uh, the Savior's been born. Come on, I'll show you where it is. Why the city of David? Because the city of David is actually a fulfilled prophecy 
by a prophet named Micah 800 years before the birth of Jesus. And this prophet prophesies, this prophet predicts, and this prophet foretells 800 years from now, the Messiah will be born and the Messiah will be born in a little town called Bethlehem. Listen to what he said. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Luke chapter 2, check it out. Luke chapter 2 tells us that the city of David is Bethlehem and Bethlehem is the city of David. Can you imagine 800 years before God did a thing, God told us he was going to do a thing. Isn't that amazing? Brian's telling us two months before he leaves. God's going, that ain't nothing, Brian. I'm telling you 800 years before it happens. Can you imagine making any prediction that would actually halfway come true 800 years from now? I mean, that's pretty staggering when you think about it. Is there anything you could predict right now and we could fast forward 800 years and just see if you're right. 800 years, this is gonna happen. Uh, how about America will still be here as a country? That, that, I'm not sure 800 years, that's gonna be the truth. How about this? Oh, I know, I know, I know. I predict 800 years from now, aliens are gonna land in California. Wait a minute, yeah, it's already happened, you're right. Sorry, sorry, bad one, bad one, bad one. All right, how about this, how about this? All right, I predict 800 years from now, January, 800 years from now, the Dallas Cowboys are actually going to win the Super Bowl first time in 800 years. <laughs> now, I mean, come on. Can you imagine any prediction you make actually coming true? And yet, Jesus' birth was predicted 800 years. Why does that give us joy? Fulfilled prophecy inspires confidence in the God who gives us the prophecy. Think about what, what else God has promised us. Because we can take it to the bank, every single thing. You wanna experience joy this morning? Start looking at the promises of God and claim the promises of God because the God who made the promises keeps his word. Has this God not told you and has he not told me that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Anyone in here feel like you've been left and forsaken by God? Feel like you're all alone and God doesn't care? Uh, let me tell you something. Based on the authority of the word of God, that is a lie from Satan. It is not the truth of God. Amen? And the truth is, Jesus said he'll never leave you and you can take that to the bank. What else has he promised? Has he not promised that if you'll confess your sin, he'll forgive your sin, and if you'll confess him as your Lord and Savior, he will give you not just forgiveness, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ, so that one day when you stand before Jesus, you're not standing there in your own righteousness, but you're standing there clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Let me tell you, that's a promise from Jesus, and you can take that to the bank, and God says, enter into a great joy because you're gonna stand before God clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And didn't he promise us that he'd go and prepare a place for us and if he prepares a place for us, he'll come again and receive us unto himself so that where he is there, we may be also. Do you believe God's gonna keep his promise, yes or no? Just tell me, yes or no? And you and I are going to live in a place that is beyond our ability to comprehend it. Oh, this morning, let the joy of Christmas 
invade your soul because the good news of Jesus' birth reminds us that God keeps his word. But then there's one other very significant point. Why does gospel and joy go hand in hand? Because the gospel reminds us God keeps his word even 800 years prior. He follows through 800 years later. Second, because Jesus saves. Let's, let's not miss the significance of that. Jesus saves. Did you catch it? Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Not just a friend, not just a counselor, uh, not just somebody who, who will hold our hand when we're sitting. No, no, no. Uh, Jesus is the Savior. The good news is Jesus saves. Jesus was born to save. Listen to what it says. She will bear a son, and you'll call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Let me tell you something. The good news, the gospel and joy go hand in hand because the good news is our doorway into salvation. But let me tell you how this works. Let me just draw a picture for you on the screen back here. The reality is salvation's a big deal because you and I were born into a broken world. But, but that's not the way God created our world, right? He created his kingdom. He created his kingdom on earth. He created a world that is unbroken, a world that is good, uh, where Adam and Eve had unbroken fellowship with each other and with God and with creation itself. So how in the world did we get from what God created to what we see today? It's one word, and it's called sin. And you and I, uh, we, we, can, we can try to fix what's broken in our world and, and circumvent Jesus and say, man, if I could just get married, then my world would be okay. If I could just make more money, if I could get that job, if I could get out of college, if I could just have kids, then my world would be okay. But the reality is there's only one who can fix what is broken in our world and his name is Jesus. There's only one who can fix what is broken in your life and give you joy. And his name is Jesus. Jesus came, he died on a cross, he rose again. And what he says to us is, if we'll repent, but that doesn't mean just say, oh Jesus, I lost my temper and honked at somebody yesterday, I'm so sorry. No, it means Jesus, I recognize that you are the king of kings. Do you see the crown over the Jesus circle? I recognize that you're the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and I am sorry because I've been acting as if I am the king of kings and the Lord of lords over my life, and I repent of that. I turn from that. I surrender the control of my life to you. I believe that you not only died, was buried, you, were ro you rose again. I believe that you're the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and I confess you as my Lord, and I commit myself to follow you, and then you start living your life under the lordship, under the reign the rule of Jesus and what he does. You wanna know what he's got for you? He just wants to send you back to a broken world and invite others to embrace the joy of the gospel of Jesus. See, you and I are invited to experience salvation, whether we're the vilest offender and we are invited to understand that there is no sin that Jesus' blood cannot cover. See, Jesus saves. Gospel and joy go hand in hand. Why? Because gospel reminds us God will keep every word he's ever spoken to us. And it reminds us that Jesus actually saves. He saves us from hell, which is sin, death, Satan, and hell itself. And he saves us for heaven. Can you imagine if there was no heaven? 
if there was no life beyond the grave, if there was no world in which justice would actually prevail, you watch the news at night and more and more. I watch the news and I just start dreaming of the day when Jesus shall usher in justice and it will rain down like the waters. See, I dream of the day when I will reside in a mansion in heaven in my father's house, many rooms. I go and prepare a place for you. I'll come again. I'm gonna prepare a place for you. I guarantee you, I think about that. What kind of place is God preparing for you? What? See, I love my backyard. I'm just gonna be honest with you. We've got this pergola, we've got these loungers, we've got the sound of running water back there. And, and Kim and I just like to escape to our backyard. If you ring on our doorbell, we don't answer. It's not because we're ignoring you. It's because we're in the backyard. I love it. But can I just be honest with you? I saw this backyard the other day and I'm like, hey, my backyard doesn't look like that backyard. And my house doesn't look like that house. And so then I'm kind of thinking, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I want that backyard. And then it, then, it, then it dawns on me. Do you know that the person who designed that house was designed by God? And the person who built that house was built by God? And if God can design and build the person who designed and built that, uh, then, then think about this God and what he is designing and building for you. I'm telling you, we are headed to a place where we get to feast with Jesus, but we'll never grow hungry and we never have to go on a diet. Amen? I mean, we're gonna be hanging out with Jesus and we get to teleport. And you're going, oh, Gary, you just lost me. You were doing good right up until you got all sci-fi on me. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Just hang with me one second. Did Jesus have a flesh and blood body? Did he not say, here, give me some fish, touch, see if this is not me? And so our glorified body is gonna be a real body. And did he not appear there on the road to Emmaus? Did he not appear in the upper room? Did he not appear at the Sea of Galilee? I mean, you don't think he was catching an Uber to all those places, do you? See, can you imagine a future with no crowded airports, no cramped airplane seats? I'm telling you, Jesus is saying to us, guys, I'm inviting you into a great joy because the gospel declares God keeps his word and God saves you from hell to heaven and life with him forever. So what am I inviting you to do? I'm inviting you first to receive the gospel so that you can receive a great joy. You go, Gary, wait a minute, I'm new here, this is my first time. I'm not sure how to receive the gospel. I wanna draw it out for you. I've got three circles, I want, no, I'm just joking. But just remember the three circles. Just repent. Declare, Jesus, I believe you're the rightful king of kings, not me. You died on a cross. I believe that, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. You go, Gary, you kind of lost me and it's complicated. Okay, great. Nine-year-old boy, Salesville Baptist Church, hanging onto the back of a pew. Lord, I don't want to go to hell. Will you save me? That'll work too. Try that one. You go, Gary, I need a little more explanation. Okay, great. Next step room right there, as soon as we dismiss, 
We'd love to talk to you about how you can receive Jesus, how you can respond to the invitation of the gospel and step into the joy that Jesus invites you into this Christmas. What am I asking you to do if you've already trusted in Jesus? Then I'm inviting you to rejoice. If you came in here kind of bah humbug about Jesus and salvation and I'm just here doing a duty, not out of devotion to Jesus, then, 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 then step into joy. You go, Gary, how do I just step into joy? Well, number one, pray. That's what David did, right? David prayed, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. What if you just began to pray, Jesus, I don't wanna miss out on joy. Jesus, gospel and joy go together. They're hand in hand. They're like peanut butter and jelly. Jesus, I want the joy. I've got the gospel. I want the joy. I want the joy. I want the joy. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, Jesus. Don't settle for anything less. But you know what? Sometimes you don't experience joy because you're not holding on to Jesus, you're holding on to your sin. So confession is often the way to rejoicing. You know that, right? I mean, David, when he was praying, restore to me the joy of my salvation, in the very same prayer, Psalm 51, he was praying, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. He was confessing sin. But then, uh, the way to joy is pray, God, give me joy. God, forgive my sin. But then the way to joy is to actually spend time in the presence of Jesus. You're not gonna find joy without Jesus. And you're not gonna find Jesus on the run. Jesus, hey, I want joy, I gotta go to work now. But you work on that. That doesn't work, right? You want joy, you gotta spend time with Jesus. And we're about to do that. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna take together the Lord's Supper. And, and, and I'm just gonna ask you to just, just camp out here with me for like three whole minutes. It's a major sacrifice, okay? But just camp here with me for about three minutes. And we're just gonna spend some time in the presence of Jesus. But, but let me also remind you of something else that's available to you. If you go to the church website, listen, there, there is a, an Advent reading uh, that's just a daily reading uh, with a scripture and a prayer, and I've been doing it. I, I'm on the sixth day. I got started early because I wanted to make sure that I loved it and liked it before I recommended it to you guys. And let me encourage you to just do that Advent reading every day. Just go to the church website and do this Advent so that every day you're just sitting with Jesus and you're saying to Jesus, Jesus, I want to know the joy of my salvation. I want to rejoice this Christmas. I want the kind of joy that puts my fear to flight. So now, if you have the elements, let me encourage you to just take this out first we have the bread and the bread represents the body of Jesus I mean the bread and the cup it's the gospel in a nutshell Jesus says I came physically and I died on a cross physically I came for you because I love you, because I want to save you and give you a great joy. He said, take, eat.
this is my body. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. He said, I didn't just come to earth. I went to a cross and I died in your place so that if you repent of your sin, you place your faith, your trust in Jesus, you confess him as your Lord, repent, believe, follow. He said, I will give you the gift of eternal life. I'll give you a great joy that'll put your fear to flight. This is my blood. This is my gospel. This is my salvation. Take and drink. Now, let me just remind you, at the next step room, there's an opportunity for you if you need to take a step with the Lord. Know more about salvation. Somebody pray over you. Whatever your step is, listen, let, just meet us right there at the next step room. Let me pray and we'll be dismissed. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for offering us a great joy. We love you, Lord. May we receive joy by receiving the gospel. And Lord, will you restore to us this morning the joy of our salvation. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great week. We'll see you.